boys and girls, let's start the show. Let's catch up with Mike and Joe. Mike's in Oakland, Joe's in LA. They're boring and they're gay. And they're gay. Joe pretends it's really sad. He lives with his mum and dad. Fighting with Betty, talking to Twinks. Just be prepared for the aftermath. They'll crush your puny skulls and vertebrae. Catching up with Mike and Joe. Now it's time to start the show. Hey, Joey. Guten Tag, Mike Lawson. <laughs> and hello to everyone listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. Mm-hmm. I live in San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We've been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. How are you? I'm What's doing going well. on? Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. We do every single week without fail. We never ever miss a week. Also, show up. I should turn off my cell yeah. phone. Thank you, Carlo, for getting me in trouble. Carlo from Germany just made fun of how I said Guten Tag. <laughs> Ew. I'm a mess this morning, Are Joey. Are you Lori Roggenkamp? You know, whenever <laughs> I do a show with Lori Roggenkamp, Lori Roggenkamp, you know, I've had to actually find a new way of recording the show. We'll talk about this off the air because I'm so sick of Lori. Because right now we have a combined track, you and I do. But you're you're a professional, at least I thought. But Lori <laughs> Roggenkamp will be like, I'll be talking, I'll be like, I'm like, I'm making this great point about Dracula, and you'll just hear, <sighs> in the, and I'm like, ugh, and I can't get it out. I can't take it out. Well, I'm just kind of in a lot of pain. Oh, what happened? So if that's funny to you, then let's keep joking. Why in but a lot of pain? No. <laughs> I'm hungover. We um we had a large Lunar New Year party here at the house last mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. Um, which we tend to do every year. Why and are you afraid to say it, Chinese New Year? Because um, it will... I mean, I guess there's a lot of Chinese people, so they it is Chinese to them. But there's a lot of people that aren't Chinese that come too, mm-hmm. and we're just celebrating the like the Lunar New Year, which mm-hmm. they do in China. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's the same. It's synom- synonymous, synonymous. <laughs> anyway, um, in the past we've had them. You, I'm sure I've talked on the show about the party. He mm-hmm. Ricardo just goes so fucking big with this thing. Mm-hmm. And I get, I mean, I guess it's also sort of a superstition, like a Chinese superstition that like a lunar superstition. No, no, this one's Chinese at Mm -hmm. the end of the party, like there should be food left over. Mm -hmm. And if there's not, then that means, you know, you're not going to have a very fortunate year. Oh, really? Oh, because you didn't provide enough food. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. fortunate people have tons of food left over at the end of the party Mm -hmm. and unfortunate people don't, Mm -hmm. I guess is the logic behind it if you want to find logic behind a superstition i don't know yeah but um one year like a couple years ago he bought like 150 lobsters do you remember this no and then he he bought 150 lobsters and then he chopped the tails off and cooked the tails Mm -hmm. and then for like six months we had 150 lobster bodies in our fridge that he would take out like one at a time and make like eggs and lobster Mm -hmm. and then take another one out and make like just like one at a time, 150 lobsters. Oh and I'm sure gosh. he ended up throwing some away. Yeah. So yeah. last night he made like a ton of salmon. We had a full pig, like an actual roasted pig with a, like his I, eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. I almost made a joke about myself, but go ahead. And then um, just a ton of people. I'd say at the kind of like at the tipping or tipping point at the 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 zenith, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. SAT word, mm-hmm. um, we – had probably about a hundred people in the house, mm-hmm. close to anyway, just kind of spread out, and it was like cold and r- not rainy, but get close to rainy. Yeah. So people weren't really outside. It was really awful. What, to have what that percentage people. of the people there would you say were actually of Asian descent or particularly Chinese descent? I would, uh, I would say like maybe. So the Asian people tend to be well not asian people the chinese friends he has that are like from china mm-hmm. that he knows and talk to his mother and stuff they came early there because most of them are families mm-hmm. so like a lot of them have kids a couple of them are older mm-hmm. they showed up early and i would say maybe 30 people mm-hmm. and then the rest were just gays and 
So let me answer Friends this question from. because I know Ricardo and uh, whatever the other one's name is. Oscar? <laughs> Alex. Alex. Who did they? Who slept with them last night? Well, that's a funny story. So yeah. as – no, no, no. Uh, gross. As usual, mm-hmm. uh, the party goes to the White Horse, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we go for, to the for White recent Horse. listeners. For recent listeners of the show, this was Mike Lawson's Regal Beagle. For young yeah. listeners, the Regal <laughs> Beagle was the watering hole that people go to on Three's Company, which was a sitcom from the seventies. Go ahead. Okay, um, watering hole for those of you that are dumb <laughs> means bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I went to the bar down the street, and kind of all of the gays sort of like from the house congregated there slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Alex showed up, but Ricardo never did. So he stayed and like took care. They have three kids. Yeah. So like he stayed and like did dad duties and mm-hmm. house duties and stuff. But anyway, so that happened. That's kind of, that was my night. That's, but I'm, str- I struggled so hard to get out of bed. I Wait, didn't even on, drink hold on, that hold much. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't answer the question. Yeah. Who spent the night with Ricardo and Alex last night? Oh, well, so then, so Alex went to the bar alone, and he went home alone, as far as I know. Oh, okay. So I don't think anything weird like that happened okay. this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just a sign of, like, aging and stuff, because, like, I did everyone was, all of our friends are just kind of getting, they're all aging, and mm-hmm. nobody's, like, as crazy as they used to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> who did you go? Did, did I had to? I was gonna say who did you go home with? Did no. you did 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 you ejaculate between the party and t- right now? No, Joey. Um, this is weird, but like, remember? Oh, there was a story last week in the after breakfast tea. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone there since then. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a it's been a crazy week. We opened a really big show and. I, I, um, I have a I have a feeling I know what your news story is this week. No, we're not touching it. I don't, oh, really? Yeah. Um, we're not and, touching and fact, it. We're not touching it today on catching up. Well, I mean, if you have questions, we could talk about in the after breakfast tea. Yeah. But um, uh, what I do want to say, there was a lar- a big event at um, a big event, an incident at Hamilton uh, on Friday night, which mm-hmm. is one of the theaters that I mm-hmm. kind of. Um, I work for a theater production company that put on puts on Hamilton in San Francisco, and um, the, it's just crazy and makes me busy. And luckily, everyone is okay and doing okay, and that's all I'm going to really say. Let, let me just say, uh, you know, in theater, when they say break a leg, some people yeah. took that literally. Anyway, and I read a story today, so uh, we'll talk more about it after breakfast, but here's what I'll say here on the air. One of the little treats I was going to have was uh, my mom and dad for Valentine's Day, uh, they went to dinner, okay? And they invited me, but I was didn't want to go, right? And, yeah. uh But they got drunk, so I needed to pick them up, right? Okay. And Betty was just in a very jolly state. I'll say she was very happy. It. And so I turned my phone recorder on. And had her tell stories in the car. And yeah. so the story I pulled for today is actually very similar to what happened in the theater. Oh. It's a Betty story. So what I'm gonna do, and this is this is why you should go to After Breakfast and listen live at mixer.com slash afterthought media on Sundays at nine AM Pacific. After we end the show, we'll take a break. You and I will take a break, and I will play the Betty story into the at, during the break, instead of a song, okay. I'll play the Betty story for those of you who stay afterwards. But um, and then we'll talk more about the incident. Uh, I guess in after breakfast, when I have any questions. All right. So what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? I no, it's your turn. Oh, that. Oh, that, um, <laughs> I thought you know something. We just chit chat before we chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> my, my life is just chit chat. Uh, but real quick before you you. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to acknowledge, and I forgot to do this. Uh, last time we talked, a uh, friend of the show, Chewy, emailed us. Uh-huh. He went to catchinguppodcast.com mm-hmm. and filled out the contact form and sent a letter. Mm-hmm. He also sent his love to Betty. Yeah. Um, so, Chewy, thank you for the email. And then we also got an email from a uh, friend of the show, Pete, who had some uh, something to say about Hello, Dolly, which actually opens on uh, – I'm going to see it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. And thank you for – 
giving us your opinions, Pete, and going. Thank you for going to catchinguppodcast.com and sending that message our way. Mm-hmm. The end. Uh, what's up with you? Um. So okay. So my mom now has taken to. She wants to have like uh, this regular church meeting at our house. Now, okay. very old friends of mine. I don't even have. Have I told the lost cake story in the show? I feel I have at some point. We squeeze it. I, yeah, I feel like you must have. But yeah, uh, we'll know that previously on uh, Betty hosts church meetings at the house. Uh, what happened was she lost a cake that she baked in her own house. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Listen to old catching up stories to hear that story somewhere. But uh, in this one, she was getting ready to have people over. And I was upstairs doing my thing. And she says to me, I know I go downstairs and Mike Lawson. She, okay. So my parents got this brand new, two years ago now, but two years ago, they got this brand new wood floor, very expensive wood floor. And it takes a lot of maintenance. Okay. Because it gets mm-hmm. very dusty very quickly. It gets dirty really fast. My mom's constantly with this floor. So these women are coming to her. This is the first time they're having the meeting. My mom wants to just impress them. Okay. So she she's like Cinderella polishing this floor, like nobody's business, right? And also she's making a cake, of course, for uh, the the people, you know. Yeah. So I walk downstairs at one point when she's getting ready. She's cleaning the floor like a lunatic, and then, Mike, the kitchen is full of smoke. Like I'm talking like. The smokiest place. It must have been like your room on a Friday night. Okay. It was so smoky. And I walk in, I go, Oh my God, what's burning? And she goes, Do you smell that too? He goes, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't find where anything's burning. Mike Lawson, I just look. Their microwave is literally on fire. Like the mic, but she's like so flames? Flames coming out of the microwave. Oh my God. And I go, Um, the microwave? And I run over to it, I press stop, and I open the door and and she goes, oh, is that what it is? Oh, you know, because she's so busy with the floor. The house is full of smoke. And I go, yeah. she goes, you know what happened? When I was using the microwave as a timer, but I must actually just turn the microwave on for 35 minutes. And, oh, it, and she had something in there. I don't know what it was in there, right? Because it, it was fire. burnt by the time you got there. Yeah, it was burned. It was burned to a crisp, you know? I think my parents used it for like a bread box or some sort of like, you know, Danishes or something. And uh, and so I start um, opening all the windows. And she goes, what are you doing? It's cold. And I go, Mom, you got to get the smoke out of the house before your friends come over. And she goes, oh, I don't care. And she's like, all she cared about, Mike Lawson, was cleaning the floor. She went back. She goes, I just got to clean this floor. Don't you think, and I don't know what your opinion is, who cares what the fucking floor that the house is full of smoke? So then these ladies come for this church meeting. They must have thought they walked into hell because the house is full of smoke. It smells Mike, I would say the burning smell just got out of the house like yesterday. It smelled like burned whatever for like almost a week because it I mean like and the microwave's ruined and she just thought, Oh, I'll just tell them what happened. And then so went on back on the floor. They need a new microwave. It really is done. Yeah, she said, oh, well, we need a new microwave anyway. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's like, I mean, don't, she doesn't listen, right? No. That's kind of like Alzheimer's stuff, right? Like dementia. Like who, I, like you have yeah. a microwave on fire and you're just like. No, I think, no, I see what you're saying, but I know my mom. My mom is fixated on what other people think. Okay, but it only pertains to certain. This she's been like this her whole life. Certain things that she decides. So to her, having a perfect floor is far more important. Like for instance, my mom needs that someone like this Marie Kondo, the woman from Netflix who organizes things, that Japanese woman, to come and organize her house. Like my mom's idea, if someone's coming over, of cleaning the house is like throwing everything into a drawer like it's a, and i think actually I've, i thought about this this applies to her life too because i feel it's all about appearances with her so if you walk in the house and it looks clean just don't open the drawers because everything will just jump out 
until she yeah. has time to sort through the drawer. And I feel that applies to her life. She wants the family and her to appear perfect, but don't look under the covers. You know, she's not getting along with this person, and she doesn't, my dad doesn't talk to his brother. That's not, none of this is true, by the way. But like, right. there's other underlying stuff in the future. But as long, like, my mom is more of a teenager than teenagers are because teenagers don't use Facebook anymore. But when my nieces stay the night, she has them constantly like posing, like, look, this is when we're like, we're like a family, and we're eating pancakes, and like the 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 table is set up. She's the person that lives that life for Facebook and wants to give the impression that she, um, like, I really do think that my mom and she is addicted to Facebook the way people are to drugs. And I know that sounds funny, but I I really really do like even when I when I approach the subject. Of her giving up Facebook for any amount of time, she reacts the way a drug addict does when mm-hmm. you say, uh, "I'm going to take away your heroin for yeah. a week." Like she goes, "No." There's, there's something very similar in, in my opinion, in my experience, to uh, like slot machine. <clears throat> like uh-huh. I get a little bit of pleasure when I get likes, you know, mm-hmm. but like it's fake pleasure. Like it's just yeah. a drop in the bucket. A couple of coins fall out mm-hmm. of the machine. I'm happy for a second, but I need more. Yeah. And it is really addicting. Yeah, and, and she's really, really into it. She's really, really like it. She can't. She it. It's really bad. You know, Lent's yeah. coming up, and I'm really trying to encourage her to give up uh, Facebook and all that stuff for Lent because. Uh, I, she I think that that would be healthy. No, My mom won't. has given it up. Have I told you that? We. I, I remember texting you over Christmas. She's like, uh, "Yeah, I deleted Facebook. I don't have it anymore." Mm-hmm. And then we took a family photo. Yeah, and I posted on Facebook, mm-hmm. and do do do. I'm gonna tag the family. Oh, I'll just tag mom. She's mm-hmm. in there, so she didn't delete her Facebook. <coughs> Sorry. And then, like ten minutes after I post a picture, she liked it. So I'm like, mom, you just liked my pa- picture on Facebook, and she's like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a, well, no, I'll you told me you get Facebook up. I'm going to tell you something. I'll prove it to you even with me. It's it's really creepy. So I noticed I was just spending too much time, like, like uh, habitually going to certain apps. Yeah. So I use the feature on the iPhone uh, mm-hmm. called Screen Time, and you can set limits yeah. for how much you can use for certain apps. So for social media, I set a time limit daily of 15 minutes, which is enough. I go to yeah. I go through Instagram one time, see what's going and on. And you could kick the can down the road yeah. if you're like in the middle of talking to someone mm-hmm. and your 15 minutes are up, you can give yourself some extra time. Yes, exactly. People should know that. It, it asks you, it says, do you want 15 more minutes or do you want to just have, be free the whole day? You know? Yeah. And but I haven't used it yet. But what's what I'm pointing out is so once your 15 minutes are up, uh, the app essentially grays out and there's like a little like a uh, hourglass that shows up. Yeah. And what's funny is I know this, and I have no need to go to Instagram. Do yep. you know how often I open my phone screen and then just instinctively go to Instagram and hit it, and I get the yeah. screen that says your time is up. And I'm like, whoa! I didn't even realize I was doing that. I'm gonna say yep. six, seven times a day. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm using screen time as well for the same purpose, uh-huh. and I'm noticing the exact same thing. And I've, I've, I use it. I limit the like uh, cruising gay apps. The <laughs> super limited. Yeah, you should though, because I don't need that in my life. And think of all of the great things I could be doing if I'm not sitting staring at a phone, having like f- really shallow conversations with people. Hey, how are you? What brings you to Grinder? What are you looking for? Yeah. It's the same like six questions that we have mm-hmm. with these people. It's yeah. awful. You know the one little tweak I would I would ask uh, this uh, Tim Cook, who's gay, so maybe he listens to the show. The one little tweak <laughs> I would ask for is they should have one where it's like, oh, I actually just got my weekly screen report just right now, just literally popped up. I averaged five hours, four minutes of screen time per day last week. Oh my god. Five so you're on hours. your phone for five hours a day? That's what it says here. I averaged five hours and four minutes of screen time per day. But I'm wondering if they're taking my iPad into account that because – but that I, was, I, didn't, I didn't turn my uh, screen time thing on until Friday. So we'll, I want to see what last week was. So anyway, that's that's how bad it got because I was noticing I was spending my whole day on this Instagram. But anyway – Joe, five hours a day? Five hours a day. I believe it. That's why I had to turn it on. It was such a problem. So, Oh, wait. That's today. 
how do I look at like oh last seven days? Well, yeah, let me look oh, at mine too. Two hours and eleven minutes. You know what day. it could be? Is I was doing a lot uh, over the before the show. I was doing a lot of stuff on Instagram, like ads and stuff. And also, I will say, and I'll even give the report right now. A lot of it is reading the news. I'm sort of a news junkie, mm-hmm. so I'm going to uh, let's see here. Look at my okay. So like oh for instance like today I've done well. Let's see. Let's see the week. So um, like the vast majority is reading and reference. So social no- networking, so like for instance, today was 42 minutes. It was 19 minutes of reading and reference, three minutes of social networking. So how many uh, how many pickups do you have? Is that do you scroll down and see that? This, how is this oh, interesting pickups, to anyone? <laughs> okay, I'm telling you it is. Pickups is eight per hour. Eight per how do you see per I have 61 per day, but it doesn't tell me that. per hour. Let me see that notifications. First Oh, but I think it's doing today. Oh, yeah. I'm on last seven days. Let's, let's get back to this after breakfast. You're right, because this is boring. We'll do this okay. after breakfast. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, this is the amazing content you're missing on after breakfast. So the point <laughs> is that, like, I can see why Betty's addicted to it, and, and now she just looks – I remember one time we were doing something, and she was with the phone, with the phone, with the phone, and my brother was like, Mom, you don't have to post it on Facebook. And she was like, Michael, what? everyone is waiting for these pictures. Like no one, zero people are waiting for these pictures. Anyway, I feel like catching up listeners would love a Betty Batance feed, but not like I would fear them. Con- like I don't want them to actually be in contact with her. Yeah, she'd be very afraid I mean? by that. She's very, she's very yeah. suspicious of. She knows I talk about her. I think in her head, I talk about her a hundred percent of the time. The, right. the show's about her, but she's very, very, very afraid. Of, like, she would be very frightened. She gets frightened when people she knows and, and she hadn't talked to in years add her on Facebook. So, yeah. Yeah. My mom, I remember in the early days of email when my mom was getting into it, she got an email that was like, get out of debt fast. And she was like, Mike, how do they know that I'm in debt? And I was like, Mom, like, you're American. Yeah. Exactly. It's just spam, and I had to kind of explain that to her. She's, she's getting a little bit better at uh-huh. all of that, though. Um. Cool. Uh, hey, I have a news story. Can Wait, I hold you? on. Then hold on. From the mountains to the sea to all of California, this is the Catching Up News Report. Now with news from the Bay Area, we go to Mike Lawson. Mike Lawson, what's in the news in the Bay Area? Joe, I pulled this story. So let's start. I know that I'm playing into like I'm basically set. This whole news story is a setup for a joke for you. But yeah, sure. You, you know how I draw kind of like people every day. Yeah. Like I have that thing where I draw a face. By the way, I owe you a better one. That last one was so awful. I'm sorry. I, know, I, I always you. look like Fred Flintstone whenever you draw me. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm not great at it. It's practice. I practice every day. But anyway, um, there the police up here in San Francisco are offering a $100,000 uh, reward for any leads on a serial killer case that they're calling the doodler mm-hmm. doodler mm-hmm. d-o-o-d-l-e-r mm-hmm. um and they think that there's an unknown psychiatrist in the east bay that probably knows some details that they're trying to locate and find because he called it in mm-hmm. um but this case is really old but they're starting to um gather evidence again for some reason it's like mm-hmm. 45 years old so mm-hmm. it happened in the 70s and what happened was this serial killer, they have f- at least five deaths that they can link to it. And it's all gay men. Uh-huh. And they call him the doodler because he, in San Francisco, basically leaves a little sketch of the person's face next to them when he huh. kills them. <laughs> um, isn't that, I mean, it's funny because you call me a serial killer, which I'm not, for the record. But this doodly th- doodler thing is also very interesting. <clears throat> but they've connected five um deaths of gay men and then uh he drew like characters of them not just like a quick doodle wait are like they a... <laughs> and then they're like yeah. riding a bike or something yeah and they're like on a, a roller coaster <laughs> at the boardwalk well, they're like playing tennis or something <laughs> i kind of wish that I, they would show one but yeah i guess why would they why would they? Also, it seems it seems like a case you would see on like a, the nineteen sixties Batman show. <laughs> I was thinking like CS or um like Criminal Minds, uh-huh. like it's perfect for it. But one of the victims, um, 
got away. And so he was able to provide like a sketch of the guy. So that's circulating and they've like aged him. Do you think it's because the Batmobile lost a wheel? Yeah. Um, but I guess the pickup line that the guy was using was like, can I draw you? And so he would sit and talk to the guys as he drew them. Mm -hmm. Um, and he would meet them at different like gay places in throughout San Francisco and then take them home and they would never be seen again. Well, you know what is so funny? And I don't know if you know this. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think you would actually, um, do this story, but actually they've released a song that talks about the serial killer. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Boys and girls, let's start the show. Let's catch up with Mike and Joe. Mike's in Oakland, Joe's in LA. They're boring and they're gay. And they're gay. As a ghost, I must advise. Don't look in my Lawson's eyes. Isn't that weird? The whole That's song. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're also looking for a person of interest who called in one of the bodies um who didn't leave his name he said something like hey i think there's a dead person at this place you guys should go like see what that's about oh wait no i actually have the call right here oh god he's like ring like hello please um so there's a dead body and i think you should go to this place Mm -hmm. this killer let me tell you about this killer anyway what's going on the news police go to hell (laughs) And they're like, oh, who is this? And I just hung up. I mean, the person just hung up. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny, but I do want to point out that the killings happened in 1974, 73, 74, which is before I was born. So no connection, but um, it's, I mean, I guess I would be a suspect if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sort of what weird. You like, you like, and, like, and, and strangely... He uh, also leaves like um, little syringes for insulin. You don't still use you don't use needles for insulin anymore, do you? Yeah, I, well, I use um, insulin pens, so okay. I do have needles on them, but they're not old fashioned syringes that you're uh-huh. thinking. What's up with you? Do you have any news stories to tell me about? Oh yes, I do, Mike Lawson. Three of West Hollywood's five city council members on Tuesday called for Mayor John Duran to resign oh, yeah. amid allegations that he sexually harassed fellow members of the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles. In similar statements posted to their individual Facebook pages, Lindsay Horvath, Lauren Meister, and John D'Amico said that the accusations reported by the Los Angeles Times last week have been divisive and that Duran should give up his title as mayor so the city can focus on other issues. I'm going to stop right here because once you read more of the story, you find out that it's not an elected mayor position. It's the one where they just rotate and then he just oh. goes and like cuts the ribbon and does shit like that. You know, it's just a more ceremonial. But mayor. are they asking him to leave the council or he's just stepping down from that? They want him to do both. But here's the funny thing. is, And you read, I'm not going to read the whole story here. There's no provision because it's a ceremonial title. There's no provision to oust him. It's like he has to just uh, do it. And this guy's like, no. If it, in fact, Duran told the Los Angeles Times on Tuesday, I will do no such thing. He goes, I've done nothing wrong. I'm not going to resign. They're going to have to wait for the investigation to incur and reasonable minds to go through the accusations and draw conclusions. Now, I will say this. So you read this, and this this story itself reads like a Dateline NBC story. Have you ever read those Dateline NBC stories? seen those Dateline NBC stories about like a killer? And then like the first one, you're like, oh my God, he's totally innocent. And then they come back from the commercial and they're like, no, 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 he's totally guilty. You know, like it, it, yeah. it switches it. I kind of feel this is the same way. Like you're reading these stories. And uh, and you're like, oh, well, this guy's totally guilty. And he may be, but he brings up a point, and this is where he's, he's gone to the district attorney, and he's saying, I think that these three people colluded to bring these stories to the press to embarrass me. And I guess, I didn't know this, that's against the law. Because if, you, if three people get together to decide to do this, especially at politics, I think, it's seen as a public meeting and it needs to be set up as a public meeting 
And they even mm-hmm. say, let me find the part of the story here, but it says that when they all posted it on their social media, it was in like a minute of each other. Yeah. So he's saying like a Brown he, Act violation or something. Oh, where, where, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. Open meeting law. He said that. Okay. Duran told the Times that he was suspicious of his colleagues' posting of the Facebook statements about the same time. He said that doing so shows that they must have coordinated their efforts and that they could have violated California's open meeting law, the Ralph Brown Act. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like, and it says Facebook timestamps show that D'Amico and Horvath, the other city council members, posted their statements at one fifty nine, and that Meister posted hers at two o three p.m. So he may have a case against them that they that they violated this act. Look, here's the deal: at the end of the day, this isn't like Trump or like um, uh, uh, maybe even Garcetti, the mayor of L.A. Like they're not like an executive. It's just literally a guy who shows up to the opening of Hamburger Mary's and cuts the ribbon and says hi to everybody. Like at the end of the day, like. I mean, and, and and then he's and in terms of the gay men's court because this has this this has nothing to do with even he's not accused of sexually harassing people in West Hollywood as a mayor he's accused as his position in the gay men's chorus of L.A. which he's leaving he's leaving that yeah position. but if he's if he's an awful guy that does that you don't want him as the figurehead of your city do you know no, what I mean no, like I'm saying he I, should I'm, I I agree like I would be like fuck this shit why do I want this look people tell me. Uh, I can't believe you talked about affirmative action that way on your show, and I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm never doing the show ever again, right? So, like, if any, I would be that's. I bring this shit up all the time. I was thinking about this Brian Singer, that horrible. I've you know, I hate Brian Singer as much as I hate this. Uh, uh, who's that screenwriter? I hate. Um, mm. the one that used to date Jonathan. Name, name him. I know. Seriously. Really. Um, uh, someone will say in the in the chat room, but uh. I hate this this Brian Singer just as much as anybody, right? But do you know that he made forty million dollars off of this Bohemian Rhapsody, and he's made money in the past, right? I would so just take this forty million dollars and everything I've taken and just go away, Disappear. retire. Bar- Brian Singer's in his fifties, not like he's like twenty five. You know, he has a body of yeah. work. He's in his fifties. I would just go fuck. You know, all the little buy an island, buy an island. <laughs> fuck all the little twinks that I want to fuck and just die and just live a very comfortable life. So that is not, I, I don't, I, I would just take Dustin off. Dustin Lance ba- Black. Dustin Lance Black. Thank you, Dustin. I can't stand this Dustin Lance Black. And I'm not going to go on one of those rants about him. But the point is, I agree that he should resign. But I think that there, I, look, I'll say this. There's a lot of shady shit going on in West Hollywood with this guy and uh, sexually harassing the people at the gay men's chorus of L.A., which he must have a thing for bald people because I've seen these people go, every single person of these gay men, if you're in a gay men's chorus, it's a requirement they be bald. And I'm nothing against bald people. I just think it's so bizarre. Don't you think it's weird, Mike Lawson, that everybody in the gay men's chorus of L.A. is bald? I've never seen the gay men's chorus. If that's true, I think it's statistically an anomaly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's so gross, too? And that's, that's, this is what, look, here's the other thing, too. I've been to these gay men's chorus shows of L.A., the one at Orange County, all of them, right? I've been to them before. Here's what they do. And it's so fucking gross. So they have the chorus that stands in the back. But the featured players are always these cute little fucking twinks who come out and sing a uh you know like shallow from a star is born or something you know and but that's not that i think that that's certainly the choir's kind of fault but i also believe like that cute twink needs like a spotlight to show up every day otherwise he's not going to show up uh, whereas the other guys are really there because point. they are enjoying themselves and like the social activity yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, you yeah. know that's a really good point i never thought about that it's a really really good point but um it it's to me it's like i don't know it it, it it's like it seems like a dumb story i'm sorry i did it anyway <laughs> I do um, just – I know we don't acknowledge the chat very much, mm-hmm. but when you were talking about Lori uh, Roggenkamp coughing, yeah. there was a moment where somebody in the chat said, you know what? Like the sound Lori makes when she coughs sometimes makes me nauseous. Mm-hmm. And then a moment later, it turns out Lori Roggenkamp is in the chat. Mm-hmm. I told her this on <laughs> the show. She, no, no, no. I know. But then she called out – she told Flavio that she agrees she's shocked by all the sounds. And I don't know. It's funny to me that <laughs> he said that not knowing that she was there, I believe. But who knows? Lori's used to being pe- to people being by disgusted by her. 
small children, <laughs> the elderly, me. Anyway, uh, what's going on with you, Mike? What other stories you have for us today? I'm well, I wanted to tell you this weird story. It's actually like such a non-story, mm-hmm. but it's it's perplexed me for a week, so I wanted sure. to throw it by you. So I'm on the BART the other day, taking the train to work, and um, it's kind of an empty train, mm-hmm. and this man is sitting like a, a few benches away from me, mm-hmm. facing me, sure. so like he's reading a book and I'm sitting just kind of like listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. and he leaves all his stuff on his like little seat. And he Mm -hmm. comes up to me, Mm -hmm. sits down right next to me. I have to take my headphone out of my Mm -hmm. ear. And uh, let me tell you, he's probably like, I don't know, 25 to 30 right in there. He's handsome enough, but he's like, hipster handsome. So I feel like he smells like patchouli and body odor because he doesn't Mm -hmm. believe in, I don't know, um, deodorant. Mm-hmm. Like, handsome enough, but whatever. And uh, he comes up to me, and he has his book open. And he was like, how do you pronounce this word? Mm-hmm. Joey, it's on the first page of the book. And the word the is, first sen- I have an eight-inch cock? No. The first <laughs> sentence of the book was, like, when I broached the subject. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Broached was the word he's pointing to. Mm-hmm. So he is sitting there reading for like minutes, right? Mm-hmm. He comes up to me and asks me how to pronounce the third word in his book. <laughs> it just was weird. But also he didn't ask me what it meant. He asked me how to pronounce it, uh-huh. which I gave to him. Sure. And also he didn't speak with like an accent. I didn't get the feeling that like mm-hmm. English was not his first language. I could uh-huh. be wrong. but. Yeah. And then he went back to his seat uh-huh. and continued to read. Yeah. And so in my head, I was like, that was like a ballsy flirtation. Yeah. Like, who does that? Mm-hmm. But then, uh, Joey, for the rest of the train ride, a good 25 minutes, 30 minutes, he didn't like look. I mean, I wasn't staring at him, but he didn't he wasn't like making eye contact with me or like trying to continue that flirtation. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to know how to pronounce broached. Mm-hmm. Well, the here's the thing, especially with that <laughs> word, especially with that word, if you really know how to read other words. Yes. I could see not knowing what the word means. Okay, it's a it's a word I could see right. not knowing what it means. Right, but it's a word that you can pretty much sound out. Also, you're reading a book. Who cares how to pronounce it? Do you know what it means? Move, move on. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of words when I'm reading a book that I can't say mm-hmm. necessarily, or I have never said because mm-hmm. they're not in my vocabulary. But yeah. if I know what they mean, I can move on. Or contextually, I figure it out. I don't have to like. Use a dictionary to read a book. <laughs> I don't know why this reminds me of in, in high school. It shows you like how you have to be really careful how you talk to kids. Because like it, this is like you know I was in high school like ten years ago, Mike Lawson, and when I was there, <laughs> I remember uh, uh, being in high school. And my, the English teacher was such a dick, right? And I, it, this is a case of where I would read a book, you know, and I knew what the word meant, but I didn't know how to say it. And the teacher asked the class, "Does anybody know?" the word for when somebody when you love somebody but they don't love you back and i raised my hand i was pretty proud of myself and i said unrequited now by the way for even now if a high school knew what i'm unrequited meant for love i would be like wow that's really impressive and he was like yeah you just pronounced it wrong but yeah he he went like "Ugh, it's unrequited And I remember just being filled so much shame and going like, wait a minute, I fucking knew what the word he was talking about. I threw it out. I'm fucking like 17 years old. And I said unrequited. Right. And it stuck <laughs> with me forever. <clears throat> what a dick. Yeah. I had a, I've, I've told you this story, I think before, but I had a, a middle school teacher who called me a loser. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember. No, no, wait, me. what? Yeah. No, it's, I remember in second grade. Okay, the, I, the this Catholic school I went to at the time had two classes per grade, so okay. I was in two hundred one, and the teacher asked me to take a note to two hundred two, right? Yeah. So I go to two hundred two, and then there's um two old teachers. Like there's an old the two hundred two teacher with old lady anyway, but there was another old lady teacher. I don't know what grade she taught in there too. And I walk in, I said. Um, here, here's a note from Mrs. Soto. And then I made some, like, silly joke, you know? Of course you did, yeah. Like, yeah, some silly joke. Uh, and it was it was harmless. It was, like, special delivery for you or something like that, right? 
Yeah. And they both looked at me with such hate. And they went, well, you're really fresh, aren't you? And then, like, <laughs> shamed me in front of the entire class. And I just, like, skulked out of there. What's funny, knowing what I know now, I think I just went to class and just was, like, didn't say anything. But I would have just told Miss Mrs. Soto would have gone over there and kicked their ass. You know? I would have. Sure. I would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. Joey's just adding some humor to your day. Yeah. This is one of the time when I thought I was Gary Coleman. You know, from different strokes. So I was constantly telling people, like, what you talking about, Willis? You know, doing yeah. stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I got in trouble in the third grade. Um, we were writing letters to George um, Herbert Walker Bush, mm-hmm. who was living in the White House at the time, mm-hmm. or had just been elected, or and it's right around there. We were writing letters to him for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And in my letter, I made a joke about, him inviting me to live in the White House because yeah. I would like to live in the White House. Mm-hmm. And this shit escalated. My third grade teacher was a bitch because, mm-hmm. like, she called my mother. My mom had to come in and talk to her what? about how I didn't take this assignment seriously mm-hmm. because I was lighthearted in a letter to the president. I don't know. Well, Mike, the <laughs> president's is... going to read this. Same teacher, by the way, who would talk to us when there were no other adults in the room about her current divorce and how hard it was for her. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If Michael Jackson was president, though, he'd probably invite you over. Probably. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any other personal stories you were going to tell? Michael, I'm going to tell you something. And I'm, and I'm being – I mean, I think it's – kind of funny but i do but i'm being serious when i say i think my father and i'm being and i'm being totally serious but i i do think it's amusing i think my father is very very much on the spectrum okay but like i think like very uh, barely in the spectrum but definitely on the spectrum okay okay i'm talking about the autism spectrum and he has like he likes routine and he has very, very specific things about how to do things and but he's also afraid of talking to people. My dad doesn't like to talk to people like on the phone or like in, like any any opportunity he can take to avoid talking to someone he doesn't know, he'll take it. Same. Okay. Like you are like that or your dad is like that? No, I am like that, but oh, okay. Well, all right. So As we're doing a podcast where we talk to people. Yeah, we're talking to me. Yeah. So uh-huh. My dad had an appointment for the DMV because I don't know. My dad's now upset. He wants to get deals at places. And I guess most of them, you have to have like some sort of um, acknowledgement on your driver's license that you're a veteran to get the veteran's benefits. You know? Okay. He's going through all this rigmarole to get that veteran designation on his driver's license, but he has to go to the DMV. He had to renew his license anyway. Okay. So he sets up an appointment for the DMV uh, for Valentine's Day, actually. And he says, I had this appointment at the DMV for Valentine. I've known this for weeks, right? Well, the day before, he goes, uh, Joey, I need you to do me a favor. Uh, your brother just called. Uh, Molly, my niece, is sick. So he wants uh, your mom and I to go to the house and take care of her tomorrow. Uh, she's not going to go to school. And I was like, okay. And he goes, so I, can you go to the DMV for me tomorrow at the appointment at 10 a.m.? At yeah. the, the DMV right by your house. And I go... Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, fine, whatever, right? And then I go, wait a Are minute. Are you allowed to just do that? Oh, like, we'll, we'll get to that. Somebody... We will get to that. Oh. So then I go, <laughs> I go, uh, hey, but wait a minute. Why don't I just, because I go, I think I think you should be yeah. there for your driver's license. Oh, no, you don't. I asked them. They said you could go do it. And I was like, it's weird. He didn't, he didn't want to talk to people. He's going to call them and ask them, right? So he goes, I go, well, why don't I just go take care of Molly? And then when you guys are done, um, then you guys. We switch off. We switch off. And he goes, okay. And then I go, or why don't you. Because my parents parents decided that now that they're retired, they're always together. They just have one car. I go, Mm -hmm. why don't you just drop mom off? And then go to the DMV and then go back. I I go either way. Whatever. I'm giving a million options, right? And then he goes, right. no, I think the smartest one is that you go to the DMV for me, and then I go to go take, see Molly. And I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to fight with him, okay. right? So on Valentine's Day, it was raining so fucking hard here. It was like cats and dogs, right? So I go over to the DMV, 
raining, pouring rain. He had a folder for me with everything I would need. I st- oh, then I to, you know, even if you have an appointment, you have to stand in a line for the appointments. And, and yeah. the, the DMV by my parents' house is in this very heavily Mexican area, right? So most of the people in line are Mexican. But this old, old white man gets behind me, right? Yeah. And it's raining. And this African-American woman security guard tells the man, oh, here's, sir, here's a, a, a cover for your umbrella. And he goes, my umbrella's dry! Get away! And I was like, oh, this guy, I already hate, I hate this guy, yeah. right? Then he's standing there. And there's one other guy in the line, and like in an awkward position from him, he like leans over and starts talking to the oh sorry one other white guy in the line. He leans over and starts talking to the white guy. He goes, just out of nowhere, I don't know. This guy goes like, oh, this government. I worked for <laughs> 25 years for the government. I put in like fifteen thousand dollars, and I've taken two hundred thousand dollars out of my retire. I've been retired. And the guy's like, oh yeah. He goes. Ugh, they still have these lines at the DMV. Can you believe that? And the guy's like, oh, yeah. He goes, California, the worst. I ought to move out of here, but I can't. I'm like, but I was like, what's holding him back? He's right. retired. And he goes like, and the guy goes, oh, where would you move to? He goes, and to me, this answer summed everything up. To me, this mm-hmm. answer summed everything up. Ah, I think the only place I go to is Arizona, Texas, or Florida. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, buddy. Yeah, bye. I actually feel I'll buy the like ticket. Cal- saying California is the worst, not having the opinion that California is awful, but like that is kind of coded language too yeah. for like I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, then he goes, "Well, you know what makes this state awful, right?" And the guy goes, "No, what?" And then he leans in and he whispers, "I didn't even hear what he said, but I think we can guess what he said, right, John Arts?" And. Uh, <laughs> He probably said, like, liberals or something like that, yeah. Or these fucking Mexicans who are only at the DMV. Possibly. So, yeah, I don't know what it was. The guy, the guy. I will say, in the other guy's credit, I couldn't tell if he was a... Because I would probably do the same thing this guy was saying, just, like, humor him. Because he, yeah. he didn't say yes or I agree or... He was just like, oh, okay. And then he was right. next in line. Yeah, so he, the white guy, the other guy just took off in two seconds. But I was like, oh, this. So anyway, now it's my turn, right? Okay. And, 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 like, two people ahead of me were this Asian girl, and the woman's like, I don't know what the Asian girl said to the, there was a person who would come up to you and ask you these questions. And I don't know what the Asian girl said, but she was like, oh, no, you're, this is for appointments. You got to go to the other line, right? I'm like, oh, this dummy doesn't even know it's for appointments. She comes to me, and she goes, okay, what do we got? I'm like, I have an appointment. She goes, okay, what's your name? And I go, oh, it's Batance. And I go, it's for my dad. And she goes, I mean, he's renewed. She goes, okay, is he making any changes? I go, he's doing this veteran thing. Oh, well, well, first she looks and she goes, there's no appointment for anyone but Tans. And I go, well, here's the paperwork. And she goes, no, there's no appointment. Uh, I'm looking at all these numbers here, right? Yeah. And then she goes, what are you going to do here anyway? I go, I tell her, she goes, you can't do that. If you make any kind of change to your driver's license, he has to come in. He has to do a photo. He has to do a fingerprint. No. She goes, I go, but he said he called. She goes, I don't know who he's talking to. So, Mike, listen, I went in the rain. Okay, first of all, no one ever wants to go to the DMV, ever, ever. No, that's the place no one wants to go. And then imagine on a day when it's raining cats and dogs in a terrible neighborhood with racist white people, okay? I don't want to go there. So right. then I call my dad, and I, I call and go like, hey, listen, the they said that uh, uh, that, uh, I, that they don't have an appointment. I had a number. And I go, what? Well, they gave me a confirmation number. And I go, what about your name? They never asked for my name, which I know he, he reserved somewhere for something else. But anyway, I go, I go, and then they said you have to be there. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No big deal then, I guess. And I go, no big deal for me. Like they, oh, They're such narcissists. They don't care. They're like, <laughs> like, oh, you just wasted like two hours of your day uh, to go in the rain of the DMV. Oh, whatever. Okay. That, oh, that what it is? All right. Yeah. Well, there now, you go. Now, do you think, do you think that, Joe Sr. was like, mm, this appointment shit might not work out. It might be stressful. I'm just going to send Joey. And then when he offers to take care of Molly, I'm like, no, no, no. You need to do that thing I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. But because because I'll tell you what ended up happening, right? Um, is uh, he um, he actually went. But I, cause I told him this, right? So here's the trick of the DMV. 
you know, you need an appointment, but it takes like weeks and weeks and weeks to get an appointment. But if you have a handicap placard, it works the same as having an appointment. Well, my mom, you know, because of a surgery on her foot, which is famous, the prison sandwich foot, she can't really walk far distances. So she has a handicap placard. So he had my mom go with him the next day. Okay. Then they went to the DMV. And then walked right in. Yeah. And then he went with her. And then she did all the talking. And then he just gave his fingerprint and took the photo. So she was a spokeswoman. So he got what he needed then. Yeah, but he could have always gotten what he needed. It was like the fucking clicking the heels three times, but he knew it. Yeah, that's weird. He was back in 45 (laughs) minutes. But I think they just like, you know, Joey doesn't do anything. So we might as well have him do something. He could go to the DMV. But I was like, I could have eaten. My brother was like, why don't you just take care of Molly? That makes no sense. Parents are weird. No, well, I think I, I know what it is. They don't trust me with this Molly. They think like like she's gonna choke to death. And I'm gonna be like talking to Sweet Michael on the phone and not hear her or something like that. They're convinced that I'm gonna like because that's happened before where they're convinced I'm like they're gonna die if the girls are in my presence and by myself. Like I'm gonna be like, oh, I don't know what to do. If there's an emergency. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom doesn't well, know that the microwave's on fire. Right. <laughs> but they can take care the of Molly. Are clean. Yeah, but the, the floor will be clean. super clean when. Uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of, this is a weird story, a little side short story. I saw Armando yesterday. He's in town for Valentine's weekend or something. And um, I had given him a, a Malcolm Gladwell book. Oh, but I, I, I thought I gave it to him recently, but I guess I gave it to him years ago, right? A couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, a Malcolm Gladwell book. And it, it came, I, there's some other book I was talking about. He's like, oh, I really want to read that book. I'm like, I'll get it for you, but you didn't even read the Malcolm Gladwell book. And he goes, I wanted to read it, but I couldn't. And I go, why not? I gave it to you. And he's like, I didn't know. Remember, Armando's dad died. Remember? And Armando Mm. found him dead. And he goes, well, I've always been afraid to tell you this. But um, when my dad died, there was was blood everywhere. And the book was just soaked in blood. So I threw it away. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy him another copy of that book. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Well, I know. But he was embarrassed to tell me. like, don't be embarrassed. I mean, that's awful. You could have dried the blood off. It's still a good book. Maybe embarrass is the wrong word. Maybe he just meant like it was not e- an easy thing to kind of talk about, so he never did, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, hey, you should reach out to a friend of the show, um, Shane. I did. Are I him last friends week. With him? Um, Oakland teachers are going to be striking soon. So, Oh, I, 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 in Oakland? Yeah, he is. I actually just spoke to him recently. You know, he, you know he listens to the show every week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a big fan of the show. He's always, in fact, the other day we spoke and he was just going on and on about myself. And I go, so anyway, I was like, uh, do you want to hear about me? And he goes, no, I, re- he goes, I already know everything that's going on in your life. I listen to your fucking show. <laughs> what do I need to hear? I need to hear more? He, let me talk for inst- for a set. I'm like, oh, I guess good point, you know? But, uh, yeah. but he's. I feel that he- way every time we record. <laughs> So uh, I uh, was talking to him, and he, I, he might be moving back to Southern California. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good for him. Um, I, I, I always feel like I'm going to run into him somewhere, I, and I have on a couple of occasions. Yeah. So um, maybe that'll happen soon. Um, what do you got going on next week? Anything? Well, I'm going to actually see John Paul today, I think. And um, are you going to go over business with Evil John? (laughs) You have like some business meetings, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everyone should know this. I I texted Mike Lawson. I actually found out what it was for. I texted Mike Lawson in the (laughs) in the middle of the day, right? And then the story gets better, Mike Lawson. I didn't even tell you the rest. I found out what it was about in the middle of the day last week. I just get a text message. What did it say, Mike Lawson? It said like. Um, it almost felt like it was the middle of a conversation he was having with someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta find the conversation, but it, it, the conversation was something like, I don't know. It started. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. The conversation was. Um, this is literally the first thing I got. There will be three other people: Ryan and Maria and Carlisle. Carlisle <laughs> probably knows your cousin. I think you know Maria and Ryan. Anyway, had, have any recommendations for a cool place? And I was like. I think this is missing something. So a long time afterwards, he goes, oh, sorry, I didn't see the first two messages uh, didn't go through. And what it was, was it's it's John Paul's birthday next Friday, and he was inviting me uh, if if 
if I could go to dinner for John Paul's birthday, right? Oh, I'm like, okay. oh, nice. And then afterwards, he's like, listen, I, I really need your help. John really respects your taste in restaurants. And it seems like every cool place that we ever go to, it's because you recommended it. And I, and I really respect your decision. And I'm really desperate. I don't know where to go for uh, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it was then. very nice. I was like, oh, this is very nice. So I listed a bunch of places. One of them was this vegan German beer hall in Highland Park that John Paul and I have had conversations about. John Paul and I are like, oh, we should go to the German vegan beer hall in Highland Park, which is in between John Paul's job and where he lives. And okay. he's been wanting to go there and have other people. Great place to have like a, a group of people meet. And, stuff like that. And, and by the way, that was one of like four suggestions I made, right? I don't get anything from John Hill. Sorry, Evil John. So it's it's on his Instagram, so I don't care. So anyway, I uh, maybe five minutes later, there's a group text from okay. Evil John to John Paul to me. And it says, uh, John Paul, Joe said that he can go to your birthday. And then John Paul was like, oh, great. right?" And he goes, and I'm in this text group. He's added me. He goes, by the way, I love that I asked Joe for recommendations and he recommends a vegan beer hall. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> These are the kind of recommendations your friend is giving. I'm like, this fucking asshole. But he, do you think he looped you in and is like poking fun? Yeah, it was, it, was like, po- it was very you know boohacker-ish. I mean? It was very boohacker-ish. Yeah. That's why I almost couldn't. I was doing Boo Hacker when I was trying to do Evil John. You are doing the Boo Hacker. Yeah, because well, also we. By the way, everyone should know we heard from Boo Hacker. He did his usual like out of context <laughs> text message where he was like, "Sorry, we don't all make money with our podcasts." <laughs> like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> there, you also threw the best shade at him because you said something about someone being gooped. Yeah, which is and a, then he was a, like, a, "What the fuck does that mean?" Which is a phrase from RuPaul's Drag Race. FYI. And then you responded with the cover art of his (laughs) now extinct RuPaul's Drag Race (laughs) recap show. (laughs) Because you're a shady bitch. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'm also on Tuesday. I think I'm supposed to see Trevor win. I'm not sure. What are you guys going to do? He wants me to take him to the Magic Castle, I think. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm afraid to check in because I'm afraid it's supposed to be true. I want to play the I forgot card. Right. And if he contacts you, like, five minutes before, you could be like, oh, my God, it slipped my mind. I can't make it. Yeah. And have a good reason. Mm-hmm. But if you, like, call it out today, then you're, like, kind of forced to Or he's the kind of person to go, like, no, we're not supposed to, but if you want to go, I'm in. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, no. <laughs> and Jed Mendel, if you're listening, don't tell him this. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I have a bunch of theater this week. I'm going to see Hello, Dolly on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see Hamilton on Thursday. Okay, be careful. I'm going to see uh, Mamma Mia on Friday. Uh, I have a friend in it. I hate that show so much. Shows. You know what the best part of the show is? The end? The Well, yeah, the end when they come out and do like the the um, the sort of like the, a medley the, of their songs. Donna's or whatever that's yeah. called, yeah. That's the only part that's good. I agree. Like, oh, I mean, this, go this is the production I made the poster for in the programs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Then you have to go. So I'm going to go see it and support it. I also have a friend in the cast, and then I have a friend who's um, like stage managing slash assistant directing. So mm-hmm. that's on Friday. So a bunch of theater, and that's pretty much it. The okay. end. Well, very good uh, episode. Um yeah. Yeah. I well, I hope you guys, uh, if you're in the chat, stick around for some after breakfast tea. If you aren't in the chat and you're listening to this later, you're really missing out. And on Sundays, you can join us at 9 a.m. It's an easy time to remember. Nobody would forget that. <laughs> 9 a.m. in the mornings, uh, Sunday mornings, go to mixler.com slash afterthought media. It's M I X L R.com slash afterthought media. And Joey, it's been nice catching up with you. Uh, before I say go to hell, Everyone should oh. know I'm going to play that Betty story, my, my drunk mom telling a story in the car after the uh, song ends. So stick around for that right. uh, if you're there for after breakfast. All right. Here we go. Uh, go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. 
Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash CU Podcast and on Twitter at CU Podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. And follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week.